You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Shiprock's 2022 lineup has been announced, and we can't believe how awesome it is either. So go ahead and check out the artist lineup at shiprock.com and get your cabins booked today. We look forward to seeing you on the ship. Making waves. Welcome to Making Waves. Give me a fantastic episode because we have Mr. Aaron Jones with us tonight. Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to spend with us here at Making Waves and for the Shiprocked audience. So we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. It's good to be here. Yeah, we uh, like before we started, uh, we were just quickly talking. You and I spoke late last year. Album hadn't dropped, but your singles were coming out. Yeah. And the difference between obviously just what was going on in the world, but just what's happened with you. And especially as of recent new album, child of the state is out and your single mercy goes to number one at rock radio. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Thank I mean, you. Man. Thank you. I mean, what do you, what do you do that morning? You pick up the, the ads or just where you get the text from your manager and go, Oh, Oh, what's the feeling like? You cry. <laughs> that's all you can do. You know, that's just, I mean, it really is all you can do. It's in that first one, man. You know, you know. Uh, for me at least, there was a lot I went through as a person coming coming through all the stuff. I mean, you, the odds are so stacked against me, man. And the whole step of the way, not only am I just like obsessing myself with this guitar and like this mission in my life to just be great. I'm like, you know, believing in magic and that magical things can happen for me. You know, and and. And one day you wake up and, and they tell you you're number one in rock radio. And, you know, it's like, it's, just, it's, it's a lot to have to consume at one time, man. So it was a, it was a very emotional day for me. Yeah. And, and to have it, I mean, you're just kind of focused on the album getting out and already the singles almost out ahead of everything. You're like, okay, how do I structure this? Because this is supposed to happen further down the road. Right. But I guess now you kind of go, okay, what's next? Yeah, I don't know. Now, now we get in front of people, right? Now we try to get in front yeah. of people and improve it, you know? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You know, like, it's like you you got the number one headband. I'm, I'm, I'm referencing some anime right now, but, like, <laughs> you know, it's like you got the number one headband. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, like, everybody's, everybody wants to see it. They want they want you to show why you, you deserve number one, you know? So it's time to go prove it uh, and jump on the stage and, and really back up this product we put out, you know? That's like what time is. Well, I've gotten to watch like a lot of your um, I, I mean, I take the time to watch a lot of your, um, you know, whether those be like the classic in radio performance that is done really well with a great camera or like your stripped down versions of uh, 
some of the some of the tracks on this last record, but I have never seen like you a video of you performing live, and you have quite the uh, schedule coming up. You know, yeah. from the festivals all the way to like amphitheater shells. Uh, size stages have have you played those size um rooms well not even rooms uh venues i guess uh in the past yeah i, I you know the biggest venue I, i've played is the gorge and that's you know that's probably about on par for how, how big i've played um you know because I, I as an indie artist like i you know i was really making waves here in the northwest and i caught some 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 gigs with some big cats you know so i was able to like make my way to, to see just get a glimpse it was like a glimpse of a dream you know what i mean it'd be like all of a sudden you're at the gorge and it's like this is what it could be like all the time you know <laughs> uh, but never never have i been like put on the stage and, and uh um allowed the opportunity to play at, at these big size venues yet man so it's pretty pretty great man that's awesome uh, well, well, i just got a question a uh, musician the musician touring guy uh yeah. those those moments um, and I, I don't want to like put this in your head, but I know yeah. that you're thinking about it. And if you're not, I apologize for making you think about it. No, it's all good. <laughs> what is the most like when you're thinking about what is around the corner and how much, like you said, success and the people, who, the eyes that are going to be on you at this moment? Do you have like one thing in particular that I guess maybe you're the most self con you're feeling the most self-conscious about? Most the, the one thing in particular I'm feeling most self-conscious about mm. No, I don't know if I do. I, I mean, there, there, there's definitely. I just want to make make sure people like it. <laughs> that's like, I think that's just the one thing that's always on my mind is I want people to like me and like you know that's like accept this thing. I suppose there's, there's a bit of vulnerability there in that. So um, I think that's maybe the one thing I think about. Um, I always want to sing well. I think I'm, I'm pretty self conscious about my voice, even though yeah. I've been told I have a nice one. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm always self conscious about my voice, the wise because I'm not a traditional singer. I'm not, I'm not don't come from like a traditional vocal background you know i really had to like grind and sit and, and you know by myself with the, an acoustic guitar at the cafe you know three days a week to like figure out how to use my vocals in that way you know and, and then go on tour and all the experience and so uh, i get a little self-conscious about that but um other than that no man i think i think this um this road has been so slow and it's such a grind for me that like it feels like a natural progression you know that's awesome to hear and yeah. those are pretty much uh, par for the course uh, answers that I would have imagined. Um, just yeah. kind of like, well, I hope they like me, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's all you can say. It's like, hope you like it, you know? Yeah. No. One of the things that came on your agenda, I guess, in the last, I guess, so week, other than all the success you're having as far as the the music itself, is you're going to be going on the road with Shinedown, who themselves have just been given this heavy mantle of being Billboard's number one rock artist for yeah. the last decade over some massive names. So you're going out with them. So it's kind of interesting to see them and you. And you obviously now are someone who's, I hate to keep bringing the business aspects of the charts into play, but it's, it's it matters. Yeah. So it's going to be super interesting to see what you guys actually will learn from one another. Yeah. You know, there's a lot, obviously, to learn from them as a touring aspect and and someone who, they just know how to write songs. They just know know what the audience wants. And I'm wondering sometimes if that's someone like yourself, are you going to go kind of like look at that and go, well, I'm just going to kind of see what they do, but I'm still following. I'm just obviously going to follow my own, blaze my own trail here. But yeah, it, is there this thing now? And I, you can tell me if I'm completely off track. Is it this thing now where you kind of go, okay, now I know what I have to kind of write here? Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. I don't know how to answer that question. I mean, I, I, this is me, it too, I, it's too early in the game. 
Well, it's just, it's, you know, I, I, my first single dropped only a year ago now, you know, like, so I, it's just, yeah. and I haven't been able to tour at all. So I don't, I don't know yet. I don't know how to answer that question yet. Um, okay. You know, I've, I've just now, um, I am in the beginning phases of, I guess, getting my stuff out there and heard, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and lucky for me, I mean, people like it enough to, to have put it where it's at now. And so we'll have to see. I mean, I definitely am looking to learn some more um, about just like kind of interacting and learning more about touring and being around some, some experienced cats in the game for sure. Yeah. You know? But, yeah. uh, I, you know, that, that's a, the, the songwriting aspect and all that stuff, that's hard to answer, you know, because sometimes... I guess songwriting is even, you know, even if for, for our audiences, we may have even different audiences to, to songwrite too, you know, so it's yeah. hard to say, hard to say, you know. Okay, just just always curious what goes through people's minds, and, you know, obviously there's no real answer to it, it's just you can't make the audience like what you could just put it out there, hopefully, hopefully it works. Yeah, yeah hopefully, um, yeah. One of the things you talk about is that uh, what we talked about before is, is the community you're out of. Seattle community is so tight, so tight-knit, and so supportive of one another. And I'm, I'm, that has got to be so uh, a part of what's made you get to this point where you have the support system. And it's unlike any other community, quite honestly, in the country for music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's a wonderful community. I mean, it's, it's an amazing um, place to, to learn and grow uh, if you're someone who wants to be a part of the music industry. You know, there's a lot of cats here that fly out and are part of different parts uh, of uh, bands across the country. And of course, the grunge scene here, you know, stays very tight knit because we're in this like isolated region of the U.S. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. we're all we got. <laughs> yeah, know? So, yeah. So we, uh, we, this community is very tight knit, and you, you see, um, people who have blazed the trail for Seattle music actively involved in the music scene from the top one to the bottom. You know, like they're they're Seattle cats. You know, and and we all they all work together and are lifting each other up all the time, man. Uh, you, that reminds me of Detroit. I'm from Detroit. That's where I'm at right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Very, uh, there's a very specific. When you were talking about it, I was like, yeah, we are. Yeah, this uh, sounds like the same. The same vibe is like you're isolated. You kind of sort of have to prop up on each other. Nobody really understands it until they get there and they're a part of it. And then there's also so much uh, a rich line of culture that is birthed from both of those places. And I would assume. Um, you know, taking what I've taken from where I'm I'm from, there's a lot of that. I owe it to you um, mentality going on yeah. in the background. Like, for instance, I was looking up in you know, up and down your 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 history earlier today, and some of the things that I noticed, which I want to m- mention one thing in particular. But uh, the the producers that you got that you had used on your second record, yeah, those are some those are some extremely important names to the yeah. not only the the Seattle scene but to the you know the rock world as it is. Yeah, do you think, right. do you think there's a version of that? Like, Hey, remember that record two? I'm on record three and it's working. So, uh, I'll, I'm coming back. I mean, not that you have to come back for those guys, but like that sort of situation where it's like, you've got to put on because you know, they're looking at you. Well, yeah. And you definitely, you definitely feel like you have big shoes to fill. You definitely feel that way. But you know, like these are also the cats that groomed you for this moment. You know what I mean? These cats have been with me every step of the way, you know? I'm, uh, I'm good friends with Delvin Kagan, and, and, you know, he's been there every step of the way, man. You know, I've seen that cat, and, and as soon as we found our way on onto our first, like, sold-out show in Seattle, I mean, that was that was one of the first cats that showed up, man, you know, and so, and, and he was he was there, the, he was there the day that, that uh, Barbados walked into our gig and, and wanted to sign us, man, you know, like, that cat's been actively involved, and uh, so those cats are grooming you for this moment in time, so you de- there's definitely a little bit of, of, that, of the uh, anxiety of the shoes to fill, but it's like, you, you know you're ready for it, but these guys are right behind you, man. They're right, they want to see you succeed. They're just like right there. They want to push you further. You know? And they're going to keep doing that, you know? That's awesome. 
Yeah, I think it comes back to the Seattle thing where you have these guys like Duff and Mike McCready. All these guys are just mega, right? They're mega, but they never forgot what it's like to be that guy. Mm -hmm. And they're not above, they're not, they really do enjoy and love music. I think working and finding young artists is something that still turns them on about the industry. Like, I want to still be a part of this and I'm going to help nurture this thing. So it's incredible to have that. Then you have Sir Mix-A-Lot, an absolute icon in hip hop and rap. And he's involved too. And you're like, man, what an yeah. incredible scene where they don't break it in the genres. It's just musicianship, regardless. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Fascinating. That's, that's there's part of that that's very true. Uh, but also um there's a different aspect of that that, that doesn't really happen though, too, right? Like like there's not sure. a lot of bands that work with the rapper and then work with, you know, some Seattle legends and then and do all that. Like I think that that part may be um, more unique to my story, but Mm -hmm. but certainly that the Seattle scene always has stuck together though you know it's always stuck together it's always been yeah I mean I mean Mix-a-Lot to McCready to Dove to, to Kim to all these cats man everybody is collectively um working together to make to make Seattle proud you know it's always like carrying some that that um what's it that energy that Seattle energy in, in our work you know and, and push the next man up um or woman up to, to the forefront. I, I always feel that way about the cats I work with in Seattle, my generation, you know, and there's Seattle rock bands in Seattle now that like, I can't wait to put on, you know? And so, you know, it's, the, the tale continues, you know, Seattle, Seattle's always been on, been on the scene and I think we're, we're going to keep pushing out some good music out of here, man. Yeah. Because, because of the love, you know, because of the love here. Um, your influences, a lot of people when not listen to your music can probably hear it. We, if modern people will go, oh, it's, kind of got Tom Morello kind of stomped to it, or maybe we talked about Gary Clark before. There's that kind of connection. But who were your influences when you just started picking up a guitar and plucking away? Who who did you go, I kind of want to be that guy? I uh, I remember listening to Stevie Ray Vaughan was like the first person I think that I heard when I was like, wow, that's what I want to do. You know, and that was the first person I listened to. And from the first style I tried to copy, I think that was like my, my stepping, my almost like my stepping ladder to Jimi Hendrix because Jimi Hendrix is such a, uh, a complex guitar player that if you don't understand a fundamental or a root to like to the way he's playing, you're just not going to figure it out, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so I think that Steve Ray Vaughan is kind of like that rudiment to see to, to to entering into Jimmy's style, you know. So, but of course, you know, I grew up in, in Jimi Hendrix's neighborhood, man. Like I grew up uh, as a guitar player in Jimmy's neighborhood, so. Um, he was with the biggest influence on my life. Um, from before I could pick with the guitar, he was the biggest influence in my life. I mean, we were going to school and having his his uh, his mural painted in the hallways, you know, like that's as early as I can remember him being so involved. And so yeah, so so Jimmy was a huge influence. But I listened to Raising Against the Machine, man. Um, you know, Papa Roach, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. Last Resort. Um, I listened to a lot of Eminem. I listened to a lot of Dr. Dre and hip hop. So these are the big influences. Michael Jackson was a huge influence on me as a kid, like shockingly huge, man. Like, right, you know, <laughs> in the 90s, like everybody's influenced by Michael, but I just loved him. And the way he used his voice was really about the gospel for me, you know, like I grew up in the gospel church. So that was like the beginning of my my uh, my singing and, and being involved in music. And so when I, when I listened to, to someone like Michael Jackson, it really invoked this gospel heritage um, in his voice, you know. So that was a big influence on me, too. There's, there's a myriad of different cats that I really loved. Yeah, it's fascinating to think that like Michael Jackson's voice, because it's the last thing I would think about when I think about your voice. Yeah. But when I start to really give it some thought, I'm like, it kind of makes sense, especially around the off the wall era. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, know, you start world. moving yeah. forward. Yeah. It sounds well, there's there's that there's that to it. But you were able to organically kind of cross pollinate all these genres you grew up on. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. obviously that's hugely appealing, which kind of harkens back to the fact that you have guys like Sir Mix a lot and Barrett Martin and Kim and all these guys that are kind of like woven into being your support group, but they also are unique to their own style. Yeah. But it works well because you kind of blend all this stuff so well together. And it really does work for a, for a mass audience. It really does. It brings a lot of different people in who would have not, never maybe even given you a shot before. Yeah, that's absolutely that's absolutely true, man. That's absolutely <clears throat> true. I, I definitely, um, and that was that was always the purpose. You know, as, as I, I began playing music, you know, even as in my other projects, you know, I used to put my band out on the road and we used to go tour and used to fly all over and do shows here and there and, um, but I got I got to see organically the power of being a person of color in the rock genre and what that can do to help change people's minds, you know. And uh, so there's a great power in that, you know what I mean. And, and uh, so I wanted to always make sure that I wrote music that was going to cross pollinate, that was going to get you to to listen, even if you didn't listen to rock, you know. Uh, maybe there's a song in the record that that is more pop centric, and because you're a pop fanatic, like that song speaks to you. I wanted to speak to everybody, but still keep it rock and roll, man. Still play homage to my hometown, you know. Yeah, uh, I gotta ask uh, because I, I, I mean, obviously the the hometown vibe here, but like uh, the 2010, sorry, 2013 record Dream, uh, and how you actually like how, how did the stumbling upon Sir Mixlock stumbling upon what you were doing and then becoming involved in things? I thought that was so yeah. such a wild story. Yeah, he um he walked into a bar one day because we were just playing at this bar. Setting and- it up, joke. <laughs> I know, dude. That's how it happened. You gotta understand. Every single moment of my life has been like this. I'm just, it's like, it's so I had a, I, I'll go into this later, but I had a show in New York, and like and like I'm like freaking out because I'm on stage, and I'll, I'll tell you about that later. But but back to Sir Mix a lot. Okay, so we're playing this place called the Rat and Raven. It's like this little shitty dive bar on, on um up on uh in the U district, it's no longer there. And it was like in front of 10 people. And we had been getting some like, some traction because uh, we were playing all over the city trying to get conjure up these votes for this like battle of the bands thing we were doing. It was like an online promo thing, you know? So like, yeah. it was like, get all your friends to vote for your band and you can advance, you know, which is like, if you were a huge band or had a bunch of people that followed you, then you were, so you had like these big indie bands ultimately just rigged the competition. Um, but at the time, we're trying to gather these votes by playing these shows. And so Samixla walks in this bar, he sees us play, he loved what he hear, and he said, let me help you produce your first record. And uh, that was it, man. That was like that was like, like how it all started. Um, and at the time, you know, I was I was like, kind of the side guy for this band called Deep Cotton, who was uh, who um, was this punk band out of uh, out of uh, I think it was Atlanta, and maybe New York. Uh, but either way, like like uh, they were associated with Janelle Monet because they were the producers for Janelle Monet's first record. And so I went and, and played with them, and I, I saw Janelle Monet play at the time. And this is about the time I thought to myself, like, I really want to do this. And so coming across the mix lot was a godsend because you offered to produce the record. Um, and, you know, and that was the first little indie project I had, and that, and that opened up a lot of doors for me, man, uh, right before meeting Barrett. And then that's when everything kind of blew wide open after that. That's that's even cooler of a of of a story uh, than I was imagining. I didn't yeah. know when it was going to be dropped in there too. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's been a it's been a ride, man. It's been a crazy. Ride. I, I have tons of stories about crazy experiences that a kid like me probably shouldn't <laughs> have experienced at any given time, but it's happened. Like, I believe in this like really magical thing in life. So I mean, I've had some really magical moments, you know. 
Well, maybe on no, the I ship think, uh, we can talk more about that, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be great. Yeah. yeah uh, one of the things I love, I love the Janelle Monet story. For you to kind of, I know you were talking about the, that decision of like, do I stick with this gig, which is going to be kind of permanent and I feel secure, or do I just say, nope, I got to go out on my own and try this. I love yeah. I love that leap of faith because it's so scary for musicians because Terrible. you always want a gig, right? Exactly. Sometimes people like they go, ah, just take the gig, but no, I've got these ambitions that are beyond this. Respectfully, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Least, you know, it was terrible. It was. I was. I was absolutely scared. I, I had, you know, this is a good paying gig, and at the time, like, I'm working side jobs, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm playing rent a cop for like Whole Foods and like running down and chasing people who still bread, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and it was just terrible. I felt terrible myself and like. It was probably a cast I would smoke with at any given time, <laughs> you know. So I'm like, what am I doing with my life here, you know? And, and so yeah, like like I, I could have gone and could have been the guy, you know. I could have been associated with that crew and hopefully had some more jobs after that. But I was even so inspired by what I did with those guys and what she was doing. I, I couldn't pass it up. I was like, I want to be like you. I want to do what you're doing right now. And I, I'm not going to be able to do that if. Um, if I, I keep playing the, the rhythm guy, if I keep playing kind of the side guy, so I went to, uh, I decided to keep keep my head down and keep pursuing my own project. But those Make odd choice. jobs you spoke of, those are those are an extra chapter in your book. Yeah, so oh you, you need those, right? You don't want to say, yeah. "Yeah, I went clean into this gig, and that's the uh, end of the story." <laughs> there, those are those were some of the greatest moments uh, of my life, man. And uh, I, uh, I I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, every single thing, every step of the way that I've learned in music and like all the cool stuff I got to do on my own. Like I, I, I wouldn't trade that for the world, man. I have these really great stories because of it. I, I was just curious when you were playing with her and kind of in this situation where it's just this organization, does it, is it build up a discipline or a regimen kind of thing for you? Like, Hey, you know, I, it's almost like a nine to five kind of situation. Well, I would, a musician. I would, yeah. It kind of, it kind of feels that way a little bit, but it's not like a nine to five thing so much as it is just like, um, I don't know, man. When you're a musician and you're doing what you love to do, it doesn't feel like work so much as it is just sure. like you just like allow yourself to be you. That's when it start things start to become fun, you know, is when you're mm -hmm. just doing just just having a good time playing your instrument and singing and doing the stuff you would do anyways, you know, and like and everybody's like giving the support for that. Those are those are the best times, man. Yeah, yeah. I got a question. Um, yeah. Speaking of going number one at radio, um, with Mercy, I, I, I know Marty, well, I know Scott very well. He actually did my last record, and I've been, I've spent many a nights uh, over the course of a year with that man. I don't really know Marty that well, but I know they work, uh, they work well together, and heard yeah. lots of stories. Um, and now coming back, you know, re reaching back around to like Barrett and uh, you know Jack and all of these other people that have been involved in the process of like recording, producing, working together. In particular, um, have you found that the have you i mean you know scott's a way i'm sure a much different person than say a barrett right i mean they're yeah. underlying they might be the same but their personality when you're in, you're in a room and when you're in a situation where you're the band you know you're writing the songs and you have people that are playing with you and contributing but like you're the band do you find yourself uh leaning towards i mean listening i should say you know like or trusting your gut or like trust like how does the room vibe for you like i'm in a, i was in a band with four other dudes you know yeah. that were consistently a part of that process so i just wanted to kind of hear what you think uh your feeling is there 
I think um, for me, I think that um, I'm very fortunate to be able to, to be the one writing the songs, you know, um, and that way I can contribute the most of myself into any given project. I think that's part of why what makes this album so unique is that all these songs are so different because I worked with different people and it wasn't I was in a room uh, trying to overwhelm their energy or vice versa. We were sharing energy together. And so because of that, we, this shared energy is being displayed all throughout the record. Mind you, there are songs that are uniquely me. Those are the songs that have been with me the longest, I think, and that I, I, I've written personally um, and, and brought to the table. Um, but, you know, for the, all that uniqueness of that, that different array of different sounds, you know, I worked with a, 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 an alternative rock producer, so Free was born, you know. Um, I worked I worked with more of a, a pop producer, so Killing Season and Spinning Circles was born, you know. I worked with uh, Marty and Scott, so Mercy was born, you know. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and the different songwriters, you know, Nathan Barlow was, was the songwriter for Supercharged, you know, so I did capture that energy and, and put my flavor of, of rock and roll on it, you know, and um, and Hot Friends with Paul Meaning was me and Paul in the room just vibing with each other's feel, you know, so that song definitely brought that Paul, Paul's vibe into that, that room, so it, it, every song has a different vibe because of, um, because of, I think, my ability to be able to just be uh, communicative and to be open to sharing someone's space, you know, and, just, and to love that process. You know, I love, I love being able to come and, and be in a room with someone who writes differently from me and for us to come up with, with something that, that, that works, you know what I'm saying? And so I think maybe that speaks to a little bit of the uniqueness of my journey is that because I've, I've been exposed to these different arrays of sounds and people from different backgrounds that I'm able to kind of mutate and uh, assimilate to the moment and, and create these different projects based on these individuals' personalities. It's like Yoshi when he eats the egg or eats the dude, you know? That's a great, that's a great reference. I, I, when you were telling me that, I was like, man, this dude's like, he's like the Swiss army knife of perspective. I mean, those tools that you're in, when you're in a room with, you're giving something to them that they're undoubtedly walking away with and carrying on for the rest of their lives. You know, that's what, you know, exchanges really are with people, you know, those energies, like you said, but then vice versa being, I mean, you're, you're the ultimate, you know, uh, you're the ultimate goat when it comes down to it because like, you know, you have the perspective that people sometimes just can't even get in the room. I mean, you know, somebody might say like, you want to work with a pop producer? It's like, yeah, of course I do. What are you talking Probably about? You, you know how important melody is? Yeah. Like, and they don't understand that far more than my like inability to see past these six words that I need to fit in a time signature because it means the most to me, you know, like sure, yeah. there's time and place for that. This is the jingle, right? You know, like so the right. idea. Of, yeah, yeah it's, and that's kind of what the what you know. This that's also my so because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a musician. There's a journey as a musician, you know, and there's the journey as the singer, and there's the journey as a songwriter. And part of my songwriting, you know, journey, it's been my dream to work with these guys, man. You know, it's like been my dream to work with these guys just as a songwriter, you know. And I think that's first of all, I'm a songwriter that also happens to play guitar and also happens to sing, you know. But I, at any given time, I can be, you know, uh, uh, a person, a guitar player that happens to write songs, you know, and sing, you know. Like I take on these so many different personas at once. I think that uh, because of that, like I have these different dreams that I've just like wanted in, in, to happen in my life, and so all these different markers are happening at one time for the songwriting aspect of being in a room with these cats who have the hits, man, who have who've worked with these big audiences, big bands. And like, you know, Mark, um, Scott calls me the day that the, the record goes number one and he says, hey man, this is my 10th number one. I'm just like, boom, this is your 10th number one, dude. And, he, and I, I, I'm allowed, I wrote, not only did, did I write with you, bro, we sat in a room, we contributed together. It wasn't like I just sat there and let you write a song. It's like you and I share right. energy together and we create this project. 
and and that's so validating for me as a songwriter now because it's like wow man like like here I I did it all just teaching myself every step of the way having to learn on my own and here I here I've done it man I, I finally figured out that that thing that puts you in, in the, the same room with these cats to create this magical thing that happens you know what I'm saying and that that for me has been one of the the biggest dreams come true um, is to put myself in that place as a songwriter and be in the same room with these cats man. You know, it's really interesting to hear you you take on a pop producer because 10 years ago, that would have been like foreboden. Like, you can't do that. You're going to need a yeah. rock guy. You're going to need someone to fit in. But it's like it's like the thing. And remember when Metallica was doing a Black Album and they did Bob Rock? Like, Bob yeah. Rock. Mm-hmm. What's he do? Polishes it up, gives it a beefy sound, gives a melody, gives a drive, gives them the greatest album of their career. Exactly. So it's, yeah. it's really interesting to, to see that now it's become commonplace. It's, it's not commonplace by all means, but it's very... It's it's a it's a smart play because as Chad says, you need melody to get anywhere. Yeah. You know, even the heaviest songs need melody to work. So it's yeah. always really interesting to see that the, the culture is now broken down the fact that it's, you can work with whoever you want. Absolutely. As long as your vision is fulfilled. But that and that was also part of my vision as this kind of millennial rocker, man, was like, you know, I'm 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 kind of I'm to I'm what like these rappers are to rock now, you know. It's like I'm taking on these different personas and different things, but I'm doing it in rock and roll, you know. I'm doing it for rock and roll, you know, and, and they're doing it for hip hop. That's like their their idea is like to to grab these different influences and put it in their style, you know. That's that's kind of what I'm doing for rock right now. Yeah, um, I mean, like it doesn't make it. If you festivals now, some of the festivals you're playing, you're playing with some, you're on bill with some uber heavy people, but it works yeah. because. Even the audiences now are so educated through Spotify or wherever these things they can now kind of freely get music from. They're so educated on sounds that they're not, there's no walls built up really. There's a small, minute, cliche, a niche audience that says, I can't listen to anything but whatever. But well, it's just, fascinating. It, yeah, it goes back to almost those old Fillmore West bills when you had the Who and Aretha Franklin playing on the same bill. And that's kind of cool. So, you know, you can see. Uh, kill switch engage and then you and then like the roots all in the yeah. same bill and it works mm-hmm. it just works yeah it's man. just music yeah so, and we you know yeah. we we uh we get out here and, and and we rock pretty hard man you know like cats haven't had a chance to see us live yet but you know there, there's um there's a reason that, that you know all these different bands have had us on the road and, and we've had been opener for all these different styles of music is because you know we know how to work the crowd man like like you know I, because I, I've, I've sat in rooms you know, with with my, with a bar band, and I have to feel the crowd out to get their attention. So, I, so I I play Georgia on my mind over here, right? And sometimes I step into a room with it was all rockers, and we're open for Theory of a Dead Man. So we decide to play Breed by Nirvana, you know. And then there are sometimes we're in a room with the classic rock cats, so we'll take it back and play a Jimmy cover, you know. It's like that's yeah. that's, that's kind of what you have to do as as a, as a cat who's on the grind, you know. It's just like fill out these cats you're playing in front of and give them exactly what they want to hear, man. You know, and that's the beauty of what we're doing. There's a great image of you floating around with you riding at the top of a crowd while playing guitar, and that just shows at the end of the day, it's about what happens live. Oh, yeah. And you, you do that kind of stuff, it just gets people thinking, man, this is chaotic, this is raucous. So, yeah, man, absolutely, yeah, bro. It's yeah, cool, absolutely. it's cool. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many things that you just said that, like, made me so happy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where to start, but the, to me, what Justin was saying, and then what you 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 came back with, with almost like a rebuttal. But I'm in the middle where I think that it's never really been an issue to have. I think he used um, uh, the Rolling Stones and Aretha Franklin on the same bill. It's never been that issue. It's like somewhere in the middle. 
Yeah. Uh, and now we're seeing that that's when it became like, I don't know why. Why are we why are we compartmentalizing who and what we are by the sound of the ra- the speakers that are around us? I mean, that seems kind of I mean, I get why, because when you need uh, when you not need, but when <clears throat> when you've been marginalized in a, in a way that you need something to define you and everybody comes together and it lifts up itself up as a, a bigger picture of something that's happening. That's that's why. Uh, but yeah. we're. What's cool is I think we're in a space now in time where you can do exactly what you're talking about doing and the hip hop cats can do exactly what they, they're talking about doing. And nobody's batting an eye except for those people who just can't seem to figure out why they needed to have. Why? Why aren't we just in the same cereal box? I don't need to have oatmeal. You know, it's, it's not how it yeah, works. It's never no. how it's been. Work, you know, so. no, no. Every, everything is everything is different degrees of the same thing that this kind of polarized thinking is, is um, a space that's based on kind of fundamentalist ideologies, I think, you know, so if everything is just a degree of the same thing, man, everything just has a different way of looking at the beauty that we call life in this universe, you know, so I'm allowed to do that through rock and roll, as some cats do it through hip hop, some cats do it through, you know, jazz or smooth jazz, what, what have you, man, like we all, we all can kind of see through the same lens and have different perspectives on life, you know, and, and hopefully um, what I'm doing is bringing that kind of perspective to rock and roll, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of perspective, uh, mercy couldn't really have come at a better time culturally. Very true, man. Yeah, uh, very so true. I think the re- that's why it resonated so well with people. It's just like they were, everyone needing gra- something to grasp onto. Music is what we grasp onto. It's our, it's our soul food, right? So our, literally our soul food. And, uh, yeah. and to think that mercy just touched upon something that's going on in this country was just like, again, like you say, man, things just kind of happened to you and it's just kind of happened. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, you know, when I when I sat in a room with Scott and Marty and and, uh, and myself, like we all we all felt the vibe, man. We all we all knew what was going on, and it was just so it was heartbreaking, is what it was, you know. And and, um, and uh, for me, as as a black person, that kind of kind of I've always been going through this, you know. But it's like for the first time, it's like everybody sees it for one time, you know. And mm-hmm. and um, and and not only that, like I'm on the West Coast, so I'm, I'm it's a cloud of smoke. We're blanketed by a toxic cloud of smoke. That's happened on top of that, and like. And we're going through a pandemic on top of that. And and there's like all this political stuff happening on top of that. And on top of that, all these things are happening. It's like something's gotta break, you know? And so that's what that's what Mercy really was about, man. It was about talking about all those things at one time and like taking the, for us to take the time and have a little more compassion and find some sort of middle ground to agree to disagree or, or how to coexist together in, in a better way. You know, it's like we're we're gonna disagree, man. We're all gonna have problems with something. You just hope that we can take the time to, to slow down and listen to each other and help life, make life better for the, the person next to you, you know, and not not just be as so caught up in, in what the individual is going through every day, you know. It's like we, we can help each other out and, and help each other be better, you know. So that's really what mercy comes down to, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, it reminds me, we're talking about Jimi Hendrix. It kind of goes back when Jimmy kind of did his rendition of All on the Watchtower and when yeah. it dropped during Vietnam at a time when someone needed that one song, that clarion call. To kind yeah. of grab onto. Absolutely, man. And so, I'm, yeah, so I'm glad it turned out that way too. You know, I didn't. You never know when you're in the studio. You know. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. So, hopefully, it'll be the uh, the song of the summer for a lot of folks, but in yeah, a good so. way. Yeah, <laughs> it's something so. they can celebrate so. around. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, hey guys, looks like we're Facebook Live. So, everyone out there in Facebook land, uh, thank you for joining us. We're here with uh, Aaron uh, Jones, and we're just talking about music, which is all we want to talk about. And so if you guys have any questions for him, um, by all means, please post them and we'll, we'll get to a few of them. Okay. So we're going to continue on with the conversation here. 
Um, speaking now that we're here with everybody uh, tuning in and watching, have you been on a boat and played music before in all of the other? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've been on a boat and played music a couple times. Yeah. Uh, have you been on like a cruise for many of days and done this? No, that, this will be a first for that moment <laughs> for sure. Yeah, this will be a first for that. Yeah. Um, let me ask you a follow-up question then to all yeah. of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you were on the boat playing, uh, I'm assuming in Seattle, there's probably like a like one of those princess tours that does like a, a yeah. long thing. Okay. How did that feel to be on the water? Uh, you know, it didn't it didn't feel too bad. I, I mean, it was it was definitely a little weird, but it didn't feel like you know I didn't feel any, any kind of different. I don't know. It, I didn't feel like it was like life-changing, like the life-altering, but it felt, you know, it felt pretty comfortable, I guess. I don't know. Are we alluding to a fact, something that it's like not going to be comfortable? <laughs> no, it's going to be awesome. Uh, oh, the, 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 uh, the thing that I was going to get at, get to is like um, the version of a continuous holiday and like oh, okay. those, I, in that moment when you're playing the show, you're like, I'm here doing this and then I'm going to dock and get off. But yeah. you can't do that. And right. Plus of the five or six days that were on the, ro- uh, on the water, you only had to play twice. So right. So there's like a whole, so we're all doing that, right? Most people aren't playing, but we're all doing the same exact thing every single day. Yeah. Uh, and the people who are there to watch the people play music and enjoy themselves, it's a big moment for them. And they take yeah. it very seriously. And yeah. I can't tell you how how many of them are so stoked that you're going to be on that ship with, with us. And oh, I cannot so cool, wait to man. watch your set and then see you afterwards and that love just continue we're talking about uh, i guess momentum and perspective and how everything travels and it, yeah it did it changed my life when my when my band played it for the first time uh i don't know how many years ago maybe seven and i played it many a times and i'm telling you man like this is this is it like i don't think things will ever feel the same afterwards so. yeah i'm looking i'm looking forward to it man i um i'm looking forward to it and uh i can't wait man i mean it's gonna be really fun i don't even think i've been to mexico before you know so that'll be a, that'll be a first for me so that, that's, gonna, <laughs> that's gonna be really cool <laughs> you know hey, so we, I, have, I, we have a question we have i'm sorry we have a question oh, from uh, one of our ship rockers carissa she want to know yeah. aaron when you when did at what age when you first pick up a guitar did you think I'm going to make this my profession. Uh, at what age? I would probably yeah. say um, at like 13 is when I picked it up and thought that. Um, that I mean, in, in fact, that that was the first time we made money <laughs> doing it. Was that we uh, we took uh, me and my buddy. Uh, his name is Matt, and uh, we uh, we went out and um, he, we got our guitars. Or we were supposed to grab our guitars and go down to Folk Life. And uh, it was a little festival here in Seattle. It's a free festival. You get down there. And it's like mostly folk music and roots music. And catchers having a really good old hippie time, you know. And so, what you, but you see a lot of buskers out there. It's like one of the, the few times of the year they allow busking to happen in this one little spot, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, so my buddy bailed. He couldn't do it. And so I lied and ended up taking a bus by myself at 13 downtown. And I'm busking, dude. <laughs> I'm busking. I'm like singing my little heart out. And uh, and capture like just throwing cash in there. I must have made hundreds of dollars, but that was like the first moment I was like, I can do this for a living. <laughs> you know, you can make you can make money. People, you do this naturally, and people throw money at you. So I'm like, this is it. You know, so that was the moment I think I, I really thought of it. But the moment where I I, I really wanted to um, pursue this as like an artist um, was in 2013 uh, when I dropped my first indie record with uh, with Sir Mix-a-Lot. 
All right, Carissa, I, I, there you go. At 13, he started playing and thought I could make money. And then a few years later, he said, I'm going pro. <laughs> can we find that record on Spotify? I, I was, I mean, maybe, the, no. No, no, you okay. can't. I'm gonna it's ask. Like, there's, there's, they're, 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 uh, they're underground records now, man. That was part of the deal, you know. Oh yeah, so, I gotta hear. They're under, they're underground. Hey, uh, Aaron, <laughs> Melody wants to know. Yeah, we've talked about several types of artists in the in the genre of metal. Do you have any metal heroes? Metal heroes, man. I'd have to say Metallica would be metal heroes for me. And that's really cliche to say that, but it's very true. Uh, I like some Death Clock stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah. Um, I think uh, I think Ghost has a pretty interesting approach, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think metal guys, man. Oh, and then you know, you really can't forget Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne, of course. And um, I'm forgetting the name of this band right now. I don't know why. That's terrible. Oh, what are you doing here? On your failing, but you know. Uh, but uh, Ozzy and Black Sabbath, dub. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Black Sabbath, you know, you can't go wrong with Black Sabbath, man. I mean, like, I, I, I definitely uh, dabble in a little bit of metal, but I'm not a huge metalhead, though. Well, Sabbath is the origin of pretty much every riff that we all love, so it's kind of a it's kind of a gimme. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. It's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. Hey, uh, we do this thing called Walk the Plank. We just uh, ask you a couple of random questions, and uh, you just give us an answer the best you can. We're going to pull one from our audience, and then Chad and myself each have one, if you, uh, sure. if you wouldn't mind playing along with us on this. Uh, let's just do it. I'm down. I love games. All right. Cool. Here's a little number for walking the plank. Walking the plank. It's a little number for walking the plank. We're going to walk it. Yeah. Walk the plank. Let's just do it. I'm down. I love games. All right, cool. Well, you, I have to get my pirate suit on. <laughs> oh, no, uh, that's so, fine. Uh, I was really pumped for a minute. I thought you really had one. Yeah, just pop up and yeah. pop back down. Whoa. Um, so, whoa, we did have a pirate suit. Uh, <laughs> so my question is, um, okay, how do you define integrity? And do you believe that you have it? Also, the second part of that is, uh, <clears throat> in your life, who do you believe carries the most of it oh the most integrity let's see here so how do i define integrity i think integrity is defined as your ability to bend but not break it's about how much that you can put up with and still remain yourself to still stay true to who you are and um maybe sometimes the truth of you are but your integrity does not so staying true to yourself is really has really lots to do with your integrity as a person um, and who I think carries the most integrity? I think my wife carries integrity. To be honest with you, she's a saint, and she is. She has been uh, someone who has taken on a lot in the past year, and takes on a lot um, as uh, a mother and a person, you know, a wife to a guy whose career is blowing up. So I think she probably, in my lifetime, has the most integrity. She's the most consistent person. I see her every like, every day, and has never changed, and continues to be, uh, you know the weight bearer of this family. So I really, I think she has the most integrity for sure. That's awesome. Great answer. Okay. My question is not really that kind of thing. It's like, goes back to our conversation. Yeah. Would you rather be able to sing like Michael Jackson or play like Jimi Hendrix? Oh, see, this is, (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my God. Jeez. You're I working think- on the singing thing and you can already play, but you, you're trying to get to that guy. I love, I love, uh, I love, <laughs> man, I love guitar though. <laughs> I, man, I would say, I would say, I would say play like Jimi Hendrix, man. I love guitar. I love guitar so much, man. I love it. So my obsession is guitar. I had, I'd have to say that just because like, if I couldn't sing again, that would be a bummer, bro. But I, I, if I couldn't play guitar, I don't know, man. That's that's a whole other thing, you know. Sure, you could always find a singer. Yeah, man. But if I can't play guitar, like, come on, man. That's <laughs> yeah. that's how you, you get the have... chicks. What am I yeah. doing? <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I thought the lead singers <laughs> got the chicks, man. I'm him too. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I get all the chicks. She needs to be with me. Uh, I, you, I mean, without the guitar, right? You don't have the um, you don't have any of the tools. Yeah, you don't have the, that thing, man. I think the thing that drives me is, is my guitar for sure. And my vocal, my vocal was designed to, to complement my guitar. You know. All right, we have the question from and Chad. I, no kidding, this is the best question we've ever got from a ship rocker. You're gonna love this one. I love it too. This is from Karen Gaffney. If you know you only have one hour left to live, and you mm-hmm. can listen to one song on repeat for the rest of that hour, what does the song be? Purple Rain by Prince. Okay. That takes up the entire hour. So that would take. Repeat. Yeah, dude. If you're gonna die, how are you? How is she gonna go? How is she gonna go yeah. out? <laughs> you got an hour. You got. You got how else are you supposed to go out? I don't even think you're gonna get to the fourth stanza, dude. Before the hour's up. Listen, that's what I said, man. How are you? Supposed, you can't. How are you? How you're gonna die? Like, how are you supposed to go out though? Who's gonna sing you? Why can't we be friends? I'm going to go out. You know? you know what? I think deep so down inside, awful. Yes actually wrote Purple Rain, and then Prince took it off of Yes. Because that, that song is so then, long. Then Purple Rain by Yes. License to. Yeah. Yeah. No, hey, Karen, way to go. Yeah. Known it. Way to go. And I think Aaron kind of, I don't know if he, I don't know if that answer was legit, but I'll it give it to legit, him. Man. That's, that's great. legit answer. Purple Rain. Well, yeah, I, dude. It's not like you said, yeah, I'll get to listen to Blitzkrieg Bob. And I have bro, to listen to it 74 times before I think, die. Think about this. Let's think about it, bro. You're in your deathbed. Bro. You're, you're about to die. I'm going to act out this whole thing, bro. Come on, man. How do you want right. to die? You want to be like this? Purple rain. It was a good life. <laughs> it was it's very life. dramatic. Well, yes, how you got to go out? You're a legend. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, listen, yeah, there's no doubting how great the song is. And it, it is. It's a great outro song. It really is. Yeah, but the thing is, is like you know what? There's a certain notes and certain parts of the song you really wish you could hear over one more time, but it's already come and gone. It's already gone. <laughs> it's you so can't long. get back to it because you're already at out like minute fifty six. You're like, what are you supposed to do? Because <laughs> the because the, the radio version wasn't the same. That's why you know. Yeah, you know, the radio right. version was not the same. Well, at least you didn't say in the God of Davida, so we're That's good. That was my second answer. How did he know? <laughs> Karen, way to go. You basically, he had to really explain that. So thank you, Karen. That was a good question, the, too. That was great, man. Chad, hey, what would you pick, Chad? Fuck. Oh, man, I don't. Uh, shoot. I don't know. See? All right. Well, you're That's thinking about one. I'm going Celestial, man. I'm picking Sabbath's uh, Planet Caravan. Oh, that's a dope song. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna float around the clouds, man. I'm going. I'm going into the slipstream. I love it. I, I, <laughs> did you say the slipstream? 
Yeah, it's a slipstream, dog. You know, the yeah, outer I'm going, I'm, I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to the cosmos, uh, man. Me and Sagan, dude. First dog, he's out. He's gone. He's evolving. <laughs> Third eye himself, right? Third eye himself. He's not even gonna die. He's just. Hey, man, I, that's right, I'm coming like, back. <laughs> I think I would probably play um, The Roof is on Fire by Bloodhound Gang just so like I know oh. that moment uh, will always bum other people out for the That's rest so of their funny. lives. <laughs> That's so fun. That song was such a hit. That was, that's great. Yeah. And yeah. The ending really actually doesn't end. It just kind of fades out, you know? Yeah. It's the same. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, uh, man, we've, we've, <laughs> We super enjoyed this this time with you, man. Thank you so much for giving us uh, well close to an hour. Yeah, and, 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 and God, guys, this entire podcast uh, will be dropping on YouTube and on on Spotify and iTunes um, come this Monday at nine a.m. Eastern time. Um, check out the new album, Child of the State, with the number awesome. one song in the country for rock radio. Mercy, congratulations again on that. But obviously, check it all out. Take me away, boys from Puget Sound. There's a lot of stomp. There's a lot of soul going on in this record. So, so give it your full attention, please. It's made for your car and the windows down. Summer's here, so get out and drive. Uh, my friend, do you have anything else to leave our audience with? Oh, man, thank you guys for being so cool and getting behind the music. And uh, I'm happy that I finally get to see you. Um, I think I've, I've had the opportunity to sing this a couple times a day, but uh, I'm glad that you're a part of my life, and I'm glad I get to be a part of yours, and I hope to see you soon. That's awesome. Now, you guys have plenty of opportunities to see him on the road. He will be out with Shine Down for a good portion, and then I know all y'all are doing the festival circuit out there this fall, so make sure and show him some Ship Rock love because come January, he's going to be one of us, and he's part of the family, and there ain't no escaping that. So. <laughs> Uh, thank you everyone out there and, uh, in Shiprock land. Thank you for following us on uh, Facebook live. We'll announce our next guest, uh, on Monday and, uh, yeah, we've already got notice of who it is. It's going to be really fun. So we appreciate it. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much. Continue thank you guys success, so much, man. man. It's, it's been, thank uh, you. it's been wonderful seeing your ascension. Thank, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank right. you so much. You bet. See my brother's phone. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.